So welcome back to All About United and Football everyone. This is me Hemant and first of all a happy new year of 2020 or a happy new decade if you want to call it. And I'm back from my sort of a winter slash uh, Christmas new year break after a couple of weeks. And on today's podcast we're going to talk about Carlo Ancelotti taking reins over Everton and obviously Mikel Arteta taking charge of Arsenal. and let's discuss about how they would do at their respective clubs as they took charge a few weeks back at their clubs so mikal arteta took charge at arsenal uh, a few weeks back uh, as he took over from freddy youngberg and carlo ancelotti obviously took charge from uh, uh, duncan ferguson Uh, at Everton uh, because Marco Silva was sacked obviously and uh, Everton was sort of doing well under uh, not doing well but they basically ended up with one win uh, one draw and one defeat under Duncan Ferguson or something like that I, I I don't think they lost under Duncan Ferguson but uh, you know he was obviously a temporary manager and a caretaker manager and the term caretaker is very important in football because um people need to understand why caretaker managers are appointed and uh, you know I have to do another podcast over it because uh, because of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United obviously i, I promised everyone that uh, this podcast after uh, my previous one would be a non manchester united podcast and i'm uh, doing this one uh, carlo ancelotti to everton and mikel arteta to arsenal really really interesting stuff to talk about there and uh, but ob- unfortunately manchester united go shit themselves at the start of a new decade and you just can't you know uh, stop your uh, frustrations to be expressed in front of everyone and stuff like that and you know uh, so probably after this podcast i have to turn my back to another manchester united podcast but yeah i'm trying to uh, do a lot more uh, non manchester united podcast along with some united podcasts and yeah uh, during the course of my short vacation i was sort of uh, planning for a change of structure in my podcast and all um, so like if you if you might have noticed i changed the introductory music i worked but i socks up there because uh, i wanted to sort of get that intro uh, background music uh, along with my voice over so yeah kind of worked on it over the vacation and yeah and i was planning for this podcast out should have done it um, a little more earlier but um, obviously it's vacation time it's christmas it's new year uh, there was a lot of football lot of footballing stuff happening around so yeah uh, um it's it's back basically uh, man, all about united in football so let's just get over with this one then uh carlo ancelotti obviously one of the most uh, renowned managers in world football uh took everyone by surprise way uh, when he obviously was appointed at everton as a manager because uh, a, a person who has managed clubs like chelsea uh Real Madrid, Napoli, PSG, Milan, um you know he's managed some very top clubs in world football. He's won some Champions Leagues as well. He's won some really major honors. Obviously Bayern Munich, uh, who can forget uh, his time at Bayern Munich as well. So yeah, he's managed some really big clubs. I'm still United fans. Uh, some United fans 
uh, are a big fan of him and they say that they would take him uh, at any day of the week over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and obviously uh, he's 60 years old which is sort of an age where you start of uh, start to think that managers are starting to decline in their career because uh, you know as time progresses you have to adapt with the change and uh, you have to uh change your philosophy and try something new or build something new because if you stick to your old uh old what do you say um 19th century or 20th century tactics of football that's not going to help in the modern game because the game has changed a lot and um the approach of the managers of this generation is something that uh that that has to be taken into consideration when you're taking a job at one of the uh, modern football clubs you know especially like everton because the squad that everton has got uh, is something that uh, would please someone like a carlo ancelotti and uh, the the money that the owners of everton have got is immense the stadium plans that they've got uh, of building the new 60000 stadium uh, i don't know the name i don't remember the name exactly but they've got a very good stadium plan that's looking really really nice uh, at the moment and uh, you know the amount of money that everton have spent uh, over the past i would say four or five windows uh, supposedly uh, something that uh, you know you have to take into consideration when you sack someone like a marco silva uh or managers before that because ronald keeman especially because he sort of spent some money as well and silva especially spent a huge amount of money and you know that was not paying off for uh, the everton owners really well and you know carlo ancelotti with him uh, you obviously sort of get that advantage of having a really big managerial uh, name in your dugout who could uh, possibly attract some top european acquisitions uh, you know because in the news recently i read that uh, james rodriguez uh, would be interested to come uh, coming to everton to work along with ancelotti once again on loan maybe but i i, I read that he would uh, sort of come back to uh, work with ancelotti at everton and obviously uh they they are looking at some more european signings like jetson fernandes and uh, uh some some players from la liga some players from the portuguese league and yeah the everton scouts are probably scouting them uh, all across europe uh, so that they can uh give some signings to ancelotti and uh, you know ancelotti to be honest uh the first game when he took charge uh, he must have realized the the amount of task the the magnitude of task that he had at everton i mean i, I would probably see on paper it's probably more difficult for him uh, than the bayern munich job and the napoli job because everton you know there's a lot a lot of things that have to be changed at the club a lot of players that have to be signed i think as long as the board of everton backs ancelotti with uh the players uh that he wants and that he can get with his managerial cv and reputation across europe uh especially with the scouts and agents and stuff like that i think everton uh, could actually uh um you know bring in some really good players but the question over here is that 
um you know him being 6 years old and sort of coming back to the premier league after a really really long time after he managed chelsea in what i think 2009 or 10 that's when he got sacked i think uh, and he's yeah he's back in the premier league after a really long time and uh, the premier league has changed massively you know the teams the way that the the teams play uh, in in this uh, particular uh scenario football generation of football is way different than uh, they used to play when ancelotti was at everton so uh, you know it's kind of very uh, hard to argue whether he would be a success at everton in terms of changing the style of football and giving them a good a good new identity that the everton fans would like uh, to see from someone like an ancelotti and to be honest i think uh, everton fans embrace the fact that uh, they've got someone like an ancelotti at at their club because you know uh, arsenal when uh, they sacked emery uh, they were obviously uh as soon as ancelotti got uh sacked by napoli uh, arsenal fans were all all over it uh, that the arsenal board should just go and appoint uh, ancelotti and stuff like that and uh, i know some some media reports and people would even say that uh ancelotti would have been uh, approached by the arsenal board and he probably chose the everton job over the arsenal job which might sound strange but uh you know i think everton fans you know on paper they can say that they've pulled off a really really uh, great managerial appointment uh because ancelotti i think uh if you go by cv and all he wins things and he uh he does a really great job with the clubs that he has been with uh but it's for me uh, the concern is that uh with the fast pace of the premier league and with the way uh you know managers especially uh, plan tactics and uh, come with a game plan against uh, teams in the premier league and the way they beat um you know teams and stuff like that i mean for example a, a team like burnley or a team like uh let's say not watford because they are sort of a relegation candidate right now but they are improving under nigel pearson so it would be kind of disrespectful sort of mention those uh, those sort of team yeah maybe like a palace or a uh, watford Oh, sorry palace or a burnley or a bournemouth i know bournemouth are struggling which is surprising i sort of thought of doing a bournemouth podcast but uh anyways i'll look over that because i'm surprised because i'm a fan of eddie howe and uh, it's it's sad to see that he's not doing well at the moment but yeah all these sort of teams uh, they come with a good game plan and they uh, tend to beat these big teams uh, and every now and then which is uh, which is which is the identity of premier league uh, which is why it's one of the most competitive leagues in the world you know the fitness levels of the players uh, compared to the other leagues are uh, much better uh, if you consider the whole league as a whole uh, because um, the the fitness levels of uh, you know teams in the bottom halves of other other countries in europe uh, are not you know comparable to the the ones in the premier league because i think uh, the intensity that you get in premier league football is much uh, more and uh, the quality of players is certainly uh, kind of better than i would say uh, but i think ancelotti if he can sort of break down uh, these managers uh, style of plays and uh, 
uh, tactics and stuff like that uh, at everton i know over a period of time then i think he can sort of have a good job and good impact uh, at everton but but obviously uh, since he's sort of coming to that age where managers start declining you know it, it still might be an f or something like that but uh, since i'm hearing that it's a three year contract for him at everton i think uh, that might sound uh, really pleasing for some people who might think that everton might get a better manager after three or four years and uh, by by then probably ancelotti would help them to sort of acquire some really really uh, good young prospects across europe and maybe england as well uh, with his network and connections that is made over europe probably uh, but yeah ancelotti is certainly a very uh, imposing figure uh, in that everton uh, backroom staff but he hasn't sort of had the start that i would want to because he's won his he won his first two games in charge uh, at the time of recording then he uh, obviously lost to manchester city uh, city obviously uh, you know you take any premier league team against city you tend to park the bus unless you're liverpool or uh, maybe who else uh, tottenham can't play uh, their attacking style against uh, city right now but yeah unless and until uh, someone like a liverpool uh i don't think you can just go to to do with man city and just you know go and beat them it's very difficult and especially with the short amount of time that carlo ancelotti has had with the squad it's pretty difficult to sort of change the whole uh way of playing and approach of playing the whole uh you know system as as such uh under him uh you know that would actually show some change uh in the ho- whole everton team that had been underperforming under marco silva so it's very difficult for someone to sort of change uh, uh things massively in a sh- such a sh- short span but i think uh, ancelotti would have certainly hoped uh, for some better results against uh city maybe a draw or something like that and against liverpool uh, in the fa cup where they got knocked out by that wonder goal against uh, by the by that wonder goal by curtis jones really good goal but i think in that game the first half especially the way they uh, they played i mean i like the way ancelotti uses full backs uh, because uh, they bong forward uh, really well uh, provide width uh, the wingers sort of drift in with the ball and they sort of put in those balls really well Uh, at times when they are uh, when they are on the front foot you sort of get to see uh, a 2254 sort of a formation or uh, I, i sort of outnumbered them so it, it's like a 225 yeah 225 not four a uh, 225 formation uh 224 sorry 224 formation where uh oh sorry 25 something like that yeah but the basically um the full backs and the wingers basically combine to become uh, a five man uh, midfield or a front line that actually um, can cross in from wide areas or sort of uh, call in to uh, call in the midfielders and uh, players into the box and sort of put in those balls and stuff like that and you know while defending they're just very compact and they press really well so some things uh, that i've seen on rancelotti's are uh, are really really good for everton i would say uh, but he has to still improve that team massively uh, 
and obviously the players that are there at Everton are certainly uh, show that Ancelotti has got a good group of players to work with especially if you look at Moise Keane a young Italian talent uh, very highly rated obviously he was at Juventus and when he came to Everton uh, obviously someone like me was very excited to see um, him in, in the Premier League especially because uh, he was a talent that uh, can actually develop uh, to be a very very good player uh, for it, the Italian national team and obviously for Everton or the team or wherever he wants to play in the future but obviously under Duncan Ferguson um, we, we obviously had that incident with Moise Keane which was very unfortunate where he was sort of brought on as a substitute against Manchester United and he was again subbed off and that when that sort of a thing happens it happened with a lot of players in football and some of them some of them's careers sort of got destroyed and unknown uh, in that sense because when when players sort of uh, lose confidences and faith with their manager they just uh, they just go into a state where they sort of lose all their confidence um, they just you know feel lonely and stuff like that and they don't uh, they can't play and express themselves really well and they want to leave the club but uh, in the case of Moise Keane he's just joined the club so it's very uh, you know difficult to sort of um, uh, come out uh, of that situation so i think someone like an ancelotti who's a fellow italian uh, himself uh, can sort of understand moise keane's situation and he can sort of use him really well and i hope that he sort of brings him in more and sort of uh, develops him uh, into a player that uh, we all thought he would be and yeah richarlison sort of finding his touch under uh, ancelotti uh, because he's he's sort of uh, getting into scoring positions and ha- having shots at goal uh, uh, more than uh, more than uh, he did under duncan ferguson and maybe in the last days of marco silva but Yeah, Richarlison sort of finding his feet. Walcott uh, playing a really, really uh, huge role in uh, Ancelotti's attacking uh, play because I think uh, his pace is actually uh, troubling a lot of defenses and uh, his ball delivery is something that uh, from the right hand side because I I've seen this a lot at Napoli as well uh, with Ancelotti. He sort of tries to implement the sari ball uh, in a way in a different way but he sort of uses the right hand side more than the left hand side because uh, basically what you see uh, with him at Everton especially i've seen that as a, as as well when a central midfielder like a Fabian Delph or Tom Davis who ever gets the ball he sort of plays a long ball to the right uh, maybe it was Sid Bay or um or Walcott and a wall, they sort of drive forward um because they tend to find a space because of the long ball and uh, they sort of find a Richarlison or a Dominic Calvert-Lewin under the box and that sort of creates an opportunity and that's a tweak in the sari ball that uh, Ancelotti made and he probably might use that a lot at Everton because uh, with someone like uh, they don't have a Dese again anymore otherwise he would have been mental in that system amazing uh, he would have been but he's just doing well at PSG so beat then about someone like a Schneiderlin uh, not necessarily but yeah someone like a Tom Davis or a Fabian Delph they can sort of be that midfielder for uh, Ancelotti who could 
do that sort of a job of uh, putting in some really good long balls and diagonals uh, of the uh, of across the field so that that sort of opens up the play and changes the point of attack for uh, Everton and they obviously have Gabmain and uh, their uh, squad who's obviously injured came from mines really good prospect um, and i hope that he comes back uh, soon from injury and someone like an angelotti can work uh, work his way out with him because again he's again a very good talent uh, and obviously they've got a couple of players gelfi sagachan again he is someone who could play a really really important role for angelotti and uh, you know talk about uh someone like a calvert lewin you know uh, especially I, i saw him you know becoming that sort of a hold up play striker uh, often because uh you know calvert lewin is accused of being that winger slash striker you know is not a, a typical number 9 and stuff like that but he under duncan under duncan ferguson especially he uh, he sort of showed that he can be that man who could hold up the ball really well and can be very good in the air and he's probably worked uh, worked very hard because I didn't sort of expect uh, Ancelotti to prefer Calvert-Lewin in, in in the way he is preferring him right now but I hope uh, he does well uh, and obviously the defense is something that Everton need to buy some players because they're really really short on center backs uh, because Michael Keane and Yerimina for a start were, were their only uh, only sent backs uh, rec- recognized sent backs at the club because uh, talk about uh, Mason Holgate he's a he's not a proper sent back but uh, he had to play there uh, i think against liverpool in the fa cup and uh, talk about john joe kenny he sort of played some time i think i don't know but i think he played some uh, sometime at at center back uh, and again shamus coleman uh, who is one of the most uh underrated players in my opinion going forward he had to uh, slot himself into a back three uh, or i think it was sid bay uh, but one of sid bay or coleman had to slot themselves into the back three uh, of ancelotti and one of them had to go forward so yeah um basically uh, everton are sort of playing those makeshift center backs because of a lack of center back uh Uh, at the uh, lack of center backs at the club and they need to buy one desperately especially in the january transfer window uh, if they can because that would actually help them push themselves uh, above in the table if they're sort of not writing off uh, a top 10 finish sort of like that in, in this season i mean it depends on if if they sort of want to uh, write the season off and maybe uh, you know let carlo take his time with the squad and then he can uh, sort of go all out in the next summer transfer window and obviously the start of next season because he would have a pre-season he can uh, nurture those players in the way they, that he wants to and yeah well, so maybe ancelotti if if he can use his contacts very well and if uh, everton spend good money which they have been uh, over the past few windows then i think uh, ancelotti i think is a very exciting name uh, that the everton fans uh, you know have in their dugout so yep it's probably uh, great for uh, those fans and i hope ancelotti does well so yeah that was about carlo ancelotti taking charge at everton uh, so obviously he won his first two games uh, which were premier league games uh, against burnley and uh, newcastle 
and then he lost a Premier League game to City away at the Etihad, which you would expect because obviously Pep's the better manager with the better team, and obviously uh, he lost to Liverpool, basically Liverpool reserves, which is something surprising because uh, there were a lot of, there were a lot of quotes coming out of uh, Ancelotti's press conference before the match that. Uh, he's very confident of uh, go- taking his team to Anfield and uh, probably uh, there was a quote that the secret to beating Liverpool is to score more goals, which is obviously trolled a lot on social media. But ultimately, I think uh, the way the amount of chances that Everton could have had and the amount of chances they got saved uh, due to lack of clinicalness uh, in the final third sort of caused them uh, their place in the FA Cup and Liverpool just progressed with their reserves, which is... Um, something uh to troll everton fans because liverpool fans obviously uh, don't like everton fans so yeah they can troll them with that so yeah that was about carlo ancelotti uh, who took charge at everton uh, um at uh, at the end of december and let's now talk about mikel arteta uh, who obviously was along with Carlo Ancelotti uh, in the director's box when both of them were appointed but they had to watch one game uh, from the stands uh, which was Everton versus Arsenal uh, when Freddie Youngberg and Duncan Ferguson uh, were in charge of their last game. So, Mikhail Atet and Carlo Ancelotti, both of these managers were appointed in somewhat at the same time and they both knew the magnitude of task they had um, of turning their club's fortunes around, especially Mikhail Arteta, I think has a bigger job uh, in this case because that Arsenal defense, uh, for a start, uh, let's say, is depleted like anything. And I think, uh, obviously, I'm gonna come to the good part of Arteta, what he's done well uh, so far. Uh, but I think the Arsenal defense needs to be sorted out, uh, you know, in a very uh, quick manner of time if they want to sort of. Uh, express themselves more in the attacking sense more than in a defensive sense and obviously in the January transfer window they were linked to the likes of Jerome Boateng uh, which which is a strong link at the moment because I think they're likely to get him uh, as soon as possible uh, in the January transfer window obviously the long-term targets are Pamecano from Leipzig which I mentioned but uh, some Arsenal fans mentioned the release clause that they might not be able to trigger. Uh, obviously, they have William Saliba uh, coming back uh, uh, from loan. I mean, they bought him, but they loaned him back. So, they'll be having him uh, at the start of next season. And Rob Holding is someone who's done some uh, really good defensive shifts for them. Uh, and he'd be certainly a centre-back that Arsenal fans would like to sort of see uh, grow under Arteta especially but Arteta uh, to to start off with I think he's a, again a disciple of Pep Guardiola uh, basically he was the assistant manager of Pep Guardiola at Manchester City and he would obviously want to implement the uh, philosophy of Pep Guardiola and the style of play uh, his training methodologies and you know the mindset into the players that they have to play for Arsenal and they have to play very well. So that's what Mikel Arteta is gonna do. Uh, at least he's gonna try to do that really well. He's got a three-year contract, obviously, and 
yeah when when he came and i thought is he really going to come in and start playing like pep i mean like is he going to try and play like pep because it's not possible for someone to just make the, make their team play like guardiola overnight it's not possible i mean if you want to if you want your team to sort of uh play uh, you know watch your team in the build up play just like manchester city and pep guardiola it's going to take time i think maybe a season or maybe in a season and a half and you will see a change you won't see the complete um you know complete and utter pep guardiola style being implemented by a team over two or three weeks or maybe a month but i think over a season it's possible and i think arteta since he's been there at man city for like two seasons or something i think uh, he pretty much knows uh, what can be done to improve that arsenal's build up play uh, the arsenal team's build up play and to be fair i think he actually came out uh, in his all his games especially i think and he tried to do that because when i see arsenal in build up play uh, i see he uh, is trying to implement what pep pep tried to implement at the start when he came to man city so basically uh, arsenal you know is a team that likes to pass around the ball very fast you know you pass and move you pass and move that's how it works and uh, the the thing that i like the most is that uh, their team presses in triangles i mean like if you if the opposition has a ball it's basically you're going you're, you're going to be pressed by three players and like if arsenal want to win the ball back if they just don't want to sit back and if they want to win the ball higher up the pitch and if the opposition has the ball it's basically going to be a triangular pressing you're going to have uh players coming in from all three directions going to close you down and uh, they they're going to probably win the ball and you have to sort if if you don't want to lose it you got to probably play long ball or maybe find a smart pass to another player so that you can play the triangular press so that's how it is so they're, they're trying to press in triangles and defensively what he's done well is that he especially against united that I saw he made sure that that defense remained compact you know it didn't allow much space uh for united players especially to sort of break through because obviously uh i'm going to come to united because you have ab- absolutely annihilated united i think embarrassed united and annihilate is a strong word but i think embarrassed would be the right word but yeah defensively sort of made his team more compact and attacking wise one, one of the tactics that is a trademark pep guardiola move at man city and that arteta is trying to do at arsenal especially is using of the full backs i mean uh, if you if you've seen man city a lot and uh, you would have noticed this this at arsenal as well so he's using reese nelson as uh, like raheem sterling in the raheem sterling role on the right wing because he's very fast and he can uh, you know weapon the balls very well uh, weapon those low passes really well like sterling can because he sort of did that at hoffenheim i think was he at loan yeah um, so he sort of plays reese nelson over there and he sort of uses him that sterling in uh, uses him in that sterling role uh, apparently what what i liked uh, about arteta's tra- uh, implementation of that trade trademark uh, pep guardiola move was that when the wingers have the ball they sort of uh, so like for example if reese nelson had the ball he would pass it to mesotozil mesotozil would drift in the uh, in the mid central area of the midfield a bit 
uh, Reese Nelson would stand by his ground and you would see someone like a Maiton Niles making that overlapping run over Reese Nelson into the box so that Macedozil from the central area can play a lob ball into Maiton Niles and Maiton Niles can sort of play that ball into someone like a Lacazette or Aubameyang who would be coming into the box but at the same time and that's how you can actually threaten a defense and similar thing uh, happened with uh, Kolasinac I saw I saw that a long time uh, uh, I mean a lot of times not a lot of times a couple of times uh, where Aubameyang sort of makes that diagonal run into the box and uh, Kolasinac makes an uh, overlapping run over him by then and he has the ball and he sort of whips it in to uh, maybe a Lacazette or uh, a Nozel who probably makes an entry to the box and you know you you sort of have a chance and you know to be fair uh, that Nicolas Pepe goal against United uh, that Arsenal scored I think that was pretty much that it was the intention I mean to uh, to sort of create that sort of a chance but it took a deflection of Lindelof and it fell very well to Pepe who is sort of unmarked but Luke Shaw I, I don't know who to blame but uh, yeah, yeah it became one nil Arsenal so basically that sort of a trademark Pep Guardiola move is something that uh, is very very exciting to see from Mikel Arteta and you know those sort of things those sort of small uh, uh, build play techniques that Arteta might have learned under Pep uh, over his time at Man City is something if they work that really well upon I think Arteta could be a very very good manager for Arsenal and I think uh, I think yeah some people called him the Poundland Pep Guardiola but I think uh, he's he's sort of uh, using his lessons uh, well for now I think uh, um, at Arsenal because he's learned some really good things from Pep Guardiola but the only thing that might trouble Arteta is the fitness levels of those players I mean uh, to play the way that Arteta wants to play you need immense level of fitness uh, and that's not possible uh, to do overnight it takes maybe a season or two or maybe more than that for some some teams so Arteta can't sort of play uh, that fast attacking build up play for a majority of games because that would absolutely kill the legs of those Arsenal players and they'll be dead on the floor and you, if you if you saw against Chelsea when Lampard sort of made that comeback against uh, Arteta that was one of those uh, games where sort of Arsenal sort of fell a little tired I would I would say and obviously Mustafi was shit at defending because Mustafi's Mustafi and uh, they sort of uh, let uh, Chelsea come back into the game and win it because they were like at the end of that game they were like super tired because they they really worked their socks off and even against United I think uh, some of the some of their places work rate has was absolutely uh, applaudable because uh, they they really have to put in some shifts to you know sort of uh, maintain that level of intensity and uh, performance week in week out and I think uh, Arteta you know he will face those problems of fitness levels from his players and he might see a lot of his major players getting injured in the meantime and that would uh, probably trouble him for squad depth and that's that's where something uh that's where someone like Stan Kriyonke uh is his that's his name I think yeah someone like 
whoever is there at the Arsenal board, they need to just come uh, to the rescue of Arteta, and I think they need to deliver signings to him. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think that uh, midfielders is that much of a priority for them because I think uh, uh, centre back definitely is. I think uh, at the moment it's arguable whether uh, David Luiz uh, needs to be replaced or he just needs a partner. Uh, but I think some Arsenal fans would say he needs a partner and some say he needs replacing. But either way, Arsenal need one or two centre-backs, quality centre-backs, uh, to sort of improve their defence. And it's surprising that they bought in Kieran Tierney and uh, they have Bellerin and they had been uh, injured for the large part of the season. Which is sad, because, but, but when Bellerin and Tierney come back fit, fully fit, I think Arteta is just going to run right with those those two players because Bellerin uh, even under Wenger I saw Bellerin like going mad in that final third because he's he's really good going forward he's really fast and he's really good going forward and I and if Arteta would like to put it in that way uh, he could put it and say that he probably got a Kyle Walker back in uh, an Arsenal uh, like, like yeah he can sort of use him and uh, use him like the Kyle Walker because he is really fast and he can put those balls really, really well. And he sometimes he shoots from distance as well. So, Bellerin would be a very, very good comeback uh, for Arteta. And Kieran Tierney, as much as his potential is talked about, I think uh, those two fullbacks would be absolutely amazing under Arteta if they come back fit and well and if Arteta can get the best out of those two players. So, that's... Uh, but still, yeah... Uh, Maitland Niles is not a proper fullback as many Arsenal fans say, but he's kind of okay. Um, right back, I would say. I think like he's done really well in some games. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but uh, when Bellerin comes back, the spot is his for me. Um, so it's arguable whether they need one more fullback or not because there were games where Pakayo Saka, who never played left back in his whole career, had to play there. He's typically like, what, a winger or something like that. He, he had to play at left back for two games against Everton and against, uh, I think, Chelsea, I think. Yeah, against Chelsea, yeah. So, uh, maybe a fullback, uh, but it's still up for debate for uh, the Arsenal fans. Uh, and midfielders, I think, uh, if Danny Sabayos can come good uh, for Arteta, I think that would help a lot. I mean... He must be looking for that De Bruyne kind of element in, the, in that midfield. And right now, Ozil is obviously uh, you know, coming back to form, which is really, really good. Um, but uh, he needs one more creative midfielder, if necessary. I think Sab- depends on Sabayas. If Sabayas can come good, I think uh, Sabayas and Gwenduzi can sort of... Uh, uh, be a good element in that midfield as well but Sabayos uh, if he can come good and if he sort of decides that he'll come to Arsenal or if Real Madrid let him go uh, to Arsenal uh, next season then maybe he he might be a solution but yeah creative midfielders is something uh, that that Arsenal need maybe one but I, th- I think centre-back should be the priority and wingers I think they've got a good amount of wingers uh, Nicolas Pepe uh, it, it's hard because he turns up in one or two games and like Arsenal fans feel that yeah the the 80 million signing has 72 million or 80 million or whatever it is uh, that signing has probably arrived for them and um, 
Nicholas Pepe, if he can come to form, I think that would actually help a lot uh, for Arteta to sort of sort his first 11 out. Because a new manager comes in, the first thing that uh, you would like to see from the manager is sorting his first team out. And uh, right now, I think uh, pretty much if everyone is fit, Arsenal fans can sort of make out who what, what would be the major starting lineup would be. But... That right-wing spot is something uh, that Nicholas Pepe needs to consolidate, uh, in my opinion, with his consistent form. Uh, and it's important because because of the money that Arsenal paid for him. So, yeah. And Martinelli is someone uh, Arsenal fans uh, really like. And he's a really good talent. And, uh, like, some people say uh, he should be tried at right-wing uh, if Pepe is not doing well. Because left-wing is obviously taken by Aubameyang if, uh, if he's played there. And Lacazette up front is really good. Uh, so Martinelli uh, could be or maybe uh, tried at right wing, uh, like some some Arsenal fans said. Uh, and uh, so Lacazette and Aubameyang just stay for me there because uh, Aubameyang for me he's not the typical hold up striker. He's like more a box box threat, and he scores goals in the box. Yeah, Aubameyang like if he can if he can get the ball and like. Use his pace uh, as a winger to sort of make those runs in and allow, uh, you know, maybe Lacazette to get into positions where he can hold up the ball and score more goals. I think that would actually help. But Aubameyang, I think, Aubameyang and Lacazette, I think, are working very well. And I think, uh, yeah, that's pretty much good for Arsenal. And th- so, yeah, in terms of midfield and attack, I think uh, it's, it's not much of a priority over the Arsenal defence because I think... Centre-back would actually make a whole lot of difference to that Arsenal team, uh, provided those full-backs even come back fit. Uh, so, yeah, Arteta sort of can... Uh, I know a lot of positives have been talked about Arteta, in, especially with the build-up play and the try, uh, the style of play that is trying to play. And some of those Arsenal fans can see the way he's trying to play uh, for, the, uh, for them. So, yeah. So, talk, talking about... Uh, some of the games that he's been and like some of the places where I thought Arsenal were sort of vulnerable against Leeds United um, in the FA Cup. Uh, I think, you know, the first half Leeds United had a way of playing uh, and they've been, Marcelo Bielsa is someone who makes sure that uh, the, the the style of play that he implements is implemented perfectly. I think in, in terms of build-up play, Marcelo Bielsa sort of played Arteta completely off the park in that first half and they were just not clinical enough in the final third otherwise Leeds United would have been 2-3-4 I don't know 2 or 3 nil up I think um, in the first half Uh, but then Arteta as as I said uh, he can't you know sort of play that build up play with fast movement and good uh, attacking football for 90 minutes but he can do that for like 20 30, 25 30 minutes or 40 minutes at a stretch and i think uh, second half arsenal sort of uh, made sure that they wanted that game more and i think nelson scored uh, uh, in in the 54th minute and something like that and arsenal sort of won it but yeah, second half, I think Arsenal were much better and, you know, it's obviously credit to uh, them holding off. I think uh, Martinez, that goalkeeper, must be given credit uh, because he saved Arsenal uh, pretty well. Uh, but yeah, talking about Uni- that United game, I bloody knew that Arteta wouldn't just come and try try and play United off the park and give them counter-attacking chances because... 
when united beat city uh, he was still at uh, pep's uh, team and he was still pep's assistant and the, if if even uh, you know the manchester i am recording this before the manchester derby in the carabao cup leg one so like if even if pep wants to take some lesson how to beat oli then he can probably look at arteta to see what he's done so basically in that uh, manchester derby at the at the had where united won 2-1 in the premier league in the 2019-20 season uh, that's where pep guardiola you know obviously thought we were we are a better team than united we just, we're just going to go at them they're going to sit back and we just going to outscore them and win the match and united just sat back deep hit them on the counter attack found a lot of space uh, clinical were clinical enough on two occasions i mean like penalty obviously rashford won it but martial was clinical and they won 2-0 and in the second half basically united just sat back and they just defended really well and they just scored one goal which wasn't enough and united won so arteta after so- watching that game he realized that it would be absolutely foolish of him to just um you know just allow united to uh, them on the counters and stuff like that because the defense you know because looking at the arsenal defense you know many united fans were just over the moon like let's just get a counter attack because rashford marshall and james are just going to annihilate the arsenal defense but hold on a minute mikhail arteta isn't an idiot i think he 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 i knew that he he would not definitely allow united to just have them on the counter attacks no 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 he basically he came up with a very very smart plan the first half he so you know he basically Uh, thought that okay let's just go into the game get an early goal and then we'll sit back because any manager in the world with a brain who's going to going to play against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer must know a fact that if if you give Solskjaer's team the ball it's clueless it's clueless as hell because there's no bloody creativity in that Manchester United midfield which is why I'm going to which is why again uh, I had to realize some things and do another Manchester United podcast after this which would be obviously going up uh, some days after uh, this podcast goes up so yeah uh, so basically his plan worked out very well because united aren't a very good in uh, defending set pieces surprisingly having a very good player in the air like harry maguire uh, they're not good in uh, defending set pieces because we generally uh, go for zonal marking and in zonal marking you just don't mark uh, players you just Uh, mark uh, you just stand in a particular area where if a player comes you just take a look at him and you sort of clear the ball off which i don't know why zonal marking is preferred by managers um, not man to man marking uh, but yeah he took advantage of that zonal marking he sort of uh, made a, a way through for socrates to sort of blast the second goal in and as soon as, as soon as two uh, two goals went in up he was just like look now united are just let let united have the ball we'll just sit back very compact not allow united spaces because you know if you allow united spaces then uh, the pace could be uh, something to trouble so he made sure that the arsenal midfield really uh, sorry the arsenal uh, backline and midfield really stayed compact and together and uh, worked very well uh and they didn't allow much spaces and then obviously united went clueless you just give us possession and we'll waste it like uh people waste water uh, unnecessarily uh which is sad um so yeah and so in, in the second half basically arteta since he had the two goal lead 
he just reversed the plan on Zulcha that look we are not going to sit back you just come at us and we'll probably hit you on the counter and if we gotta go lucky enough the game's gone to bed and Zulcha you know basically he he doesn't have a plan B basically so uh, so basically yeah Arsenal Arsenal had pretty much won that game and credit to Arteta because like some managers were if if it was Pep Guardiola who was going into a tunnel lead at halftime he would have been like let's go for the third fourth fifth and let's just go put the game to bed and stuff like that but Arteta was like I know for a fact that my defense would not be able to sort of deal with those United counterattacks uh in the latter half of the second half or something like that so I'll just decide to sit back a little bit and let them come at us because. I'm pretty sure that um, you know if if I if I if I let them have those counter attacks, uh, then I'll be in trouble because that defense might not be able to deal with that. But I think Arteta came with a very smart plan in that second half, and I think uh, that saw the game off really well. And in a way, Oli was embarrassed in a very bad way, and I think rightly so because I think managers need to sort of make some United fans realize that basically United don't have. A proper a way of playing. I mean, like when I look at teams, Manchester City. If I look at them, I can tell how they play. I mean, like uh, it's it, you know it's visible to everyone. Anyone can tell how how City play if they watch them. Uh, if if you talk about Liverpool, you can tell about them. You could if you talk about Chelsea, you can tell about them. It's just that uh, with Chelsea against the bigger teams, they have to just sit back a little bit and let, uh, hit them on the counter because obviously their midf- uh, their front line and midfield isn't as dominant as uh, the 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 superior the superior opposition in that match. Mm. Now with Arteta, if you talk about Arsenal, I can I can just I just mentioned about the build up play that I think uh, which is pleasing with Arsenal, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm getting into United top thingy, but yeah. So basically, Solskjaer needed a manager to make him realize that United is just a counter attacking team, and I think Arteta did that really well uh, with Arsenal, and I think it was pretty embarrassing for uh, United and Solskjaer, but Arteta I think uh, he can sort of build on. And I think against Leeds, obviously the first half, uh, Leeds were a team that you know that were well established and uh, well uh, you know renowned uh, to their style. The chemistry, the chemistry between their players is much better than what uh, Arteta's chemistry is uh, with uh, Arteta's players' chemistry is as a, a whole. So you're probably gonna get that at the start, but I think. Arteta is certainly have showing potential that he could be a good manager uh, and signings would definitely I think help him I think yeah uh, he's trying to be bold uh, by obviously uh, trying the way uh, trying to play them the way Pep uh, played obviously City and even if he's uh, he manages to build out a good team and play in a bit similar way then I think that would be a very very good achievement for him as as an Arsenal manager I think yeah so maybe they can they can some sort of look at those positives and stay patient with him and yeah and so wrapping up with the podcast I think Ancelotti Arteta two good appointments uh time would time would obviously tell uh you know how both would do but certainly two exciting uh managers in the Premier League and yeah uh, I think pretty much a lot to look forward for both of them so yeah that's it from me from this podcast so there was obviously this was the comeback podcast after the vacation so i'm just getting over it now so hopefully i can get uh, more podcasts out uh, on a regular basis or uh, since it's back to work and back from vacation 
uh, in a new year where i started off with over 1000 plays so that hope that goes up to 2000 3000 5000 and i don't know how many how many plays i would like but yeah hope to build this on uh planning for some changes in the structure of the releasing podcast i mean like yeah if if there's any change that i plan to do i would obviously make sure to notify you that uh hope you enjoyed this podcast uh make sure you check this out on major podcasting platforms such as anchor spotify google podcast apple podcast radio public overcast pocket cast listen notes the podcast app cast box breaker um procast and many more uh sorry if i've missed out anyone because i think the platforms are growing which is very great and i hope they grow, grow even more you know there are some platforms like stitcher and all which where i would like to get my podcast on as soon as possible but yeah uh about the benjis club uh there was like some issues while we were trying to record the breaking bad series of tv show and movies uh stuff like that so we couldn't properly record that so binges club binges club uh, we had to sort of uh delay we couldn't record due to technical uh, technical issues uh because we were facing problems while recording so we would record that uh after maybe a week or so so apologies yeah uh, so yeah sorry for that apologies really uh, really apologize for that um because i don't like to sort of get those gaps in between podcasts uh, because consistency is a key thing uh while podcasting you know consistent releases and stuff like that uh, but i hope that we can get that recording done within one one or two weeks and then that will be back and yeah make sure to check the first two podcasts of that uh, binges club on uh, spotify and anchor and yeah uh, make sure you listen to this podcast on all those major platforms and yeah happy new year to everyone uh, hope you had a great vacation uh, so this was a comeback podcast hope you enjoyed this see you again in the next podcast then